The InStuff podcast is sponsored by ScratchBand. Just stop touching your face. Don't make me explain why anymore. It's gross. I don't care if you buy ScratchBand or come up with some other way to do it, but just quit. I mean, it's the easiest way I've found to quit touching my face, but, you know, whatever works for you. ScratchBand, join the evolution. More information at scratchband.life, also available on Amazon.com. As, t- as is normal with the podcast, we've spent the last hour and a half <laughs> talking about things we don't want to talk about on the podcast. It's true. And then we suddenly have to act like the conversation started again <laughs> when there's so much history behind it. And, and, and now I feel like I'm left bringing up things that are utterly inconsequential in light of things we've already discussed i'm the only one who will know that they're inconsequential (laughs) (laughs) oh pretty soon a lot of people are gonna know they're inconsequential but we the the bottom line is we both are doing probably a lot better than we were the rest the last the first part of the summer oh 100 what's the analogy you use a dog a golden retriever on the beach yep that's the feeling yeah you're there too yeah isn't it good it's very good uh (laughs) I was there for months this winter, and then summer came, and everything came crashing down around me. Everything broke multiple times. Things were literally blowing up in my house, literally blowing up in my house. And so I was sad for a very long time. And today is the first day in a long time where I woke up like hopeful and feeling like a dog on the beach again. That's great. And I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) With me now, if we could just find someone to throw a freaking stick. <laughs> Part of what I'm excited about, I mean, I know what you're excited about, but, um, and you share whatever you want, but um, I have hope now for the DeLorean. I think I That's might exciting. have a solid idea to the point where I, I am gambling 500 bucks in parts that I think need to be replaced. And I'm really ready to blame my friend on putting lousy gas in the car. It makes a lot of sense that I ran out of gas at his house. He grabbed a small fuel container. Oh, interesting. And the car ran progressively worse and worse and worse until it stopped starting. And I think I said, is that fresh gas? He's like, oh, yeah, it's fresh gas. It was his chainsaw container. I think it was his chainsaw. (laughs) I think it was probably mixed with oil and it clogged my fuel injectors. That'd be terrible. Because it makes... It makes a lot of sense that the more that ran through it, the more they got clogged, the less it wanted to start. Mm. And those are 75 bucks a pop. Jeez. So unfortunately for a little metal thing that looks like it should be cheap, but is not. So if that turns out to be it, that's two things I've learned this summer. Cover your holes and don't <laughs> trust anyone. Life lessons from Rob Prince. Definitely don't trust another man's gas. <laughs> Cover your holes. Cover your holes and don't trust another man's gas. That's the lessons of summer 2021. But the other thing that I'm excited about is I've been doing a lot of work on my DeLorean documentary. 
you know, I went on vacation, I came back refreshed and ready to go and tackle these things that I've been procrastinating on forever. But. But nothing. I did it. <laughs> you did. You were enthralled in editing to the point that our past two episodes have been mistimed because you forgot to edit oh. the podcast. Well, what happened was I, I forgot to edit them. Yes, because I was distracted by editing my own thing. And also when I'm like, oh, I need to do something. I'm like, I should edit the podcast. I'm like, no, that's too easy and fun. I'll save that for <laughs> later when I need something easy and fun to do. Gotcha. And I was just so good at doing the tedious stuff. I never got around to doing the fun stuff again. Wow. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that was my bad. Totally, to the totally forgot to edit that. Um, but I'm back in the, my game now. Yeah, I'm excited that you were able to do some editing on the DeLorean documentary. And part of what got me going was I was going to reward myself. With what? With things I didn't need but wanted. Like? Like things that remind things I remember from my childhood because I'm a very nostalgic person. Oh. And these are things I was like, uh, it's all 80s stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's things I remember. And that was the rule. It has to be 80s. I can't, can't do 90s because, you know, I want to start the 80s museum someday. Yes. So I'm pre-buying some things for that. First thing that came in the mail that I'm so happy with. The 1990, 1988 Sears Wish Book. How did you even find a copy of that? Well, before we get into that, do you remember this? Did you ever see this when you were a kid? I am familiar with the Sears Wish Book, yes. <sighs> this has, if you are nostalgic for any period or just want to know more about any period, get yourself the Sears Wish Book or equivalent for that period. Did you pay for that? Because it has everything. I mean, it has furniture, clothing, telescopes, video cameras, computers, lingerie. <laughs> it even has G.I. Joe underpants in here, and oh, they gosh. are adorable. There's a little <laughs> picture of the G.I. Joe underpants. It is hilarious to look and see the stuff that they were trying to sell people in the 80s. And it's really eclectic, too. Like, on the same page, it'll be like, a desk organizer and a dorky red shirt that says bed, best kid on earth. What kid, especially a kid like this who's got sort of a semi-mullet going on. He does. It's probably 10 or 11, maybe 12. You think this dude is really going to be excited going around with a best kid on earth sweatshirt? Don't break that news to grandparents. Oh, I bet you he got his butt kicked in <laughs> middle school. He, yeah, he probably just wore it on Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yes i did have to pay for this and that's one of the reasons i've wanted one of these for a long time unfortunately i never kept it wait what's the year kid. again this is 1988 1988 okay okay so you were uh like 13 mm -hmm. yeah um good job so doing that's a my bit. birthday math it takes me a long time to do my own birthday yeah, math. Say it was a little bit of a lucky guess i took how old i was and added a couple years <laughs> and hope, hope for the best yep but um I was reluctant to buy it because they're all a, a lot of them are already online digital, so you can go and flip flip through them. But it's a PDF, and I was like, ah, you know what? This is a, it. Cost me like forty bucks. That cost forty four zero. Well, my daughter thought that was cheap. This? Yeah, this cost forty bucks. Jeez. Do you have one? 
No, but go to a That's garage why it costs sale. Jeez. Where am I going to find a 1988 wish book at a garage sale anymore? I don't know, but these are things that I'm trying to get here's, out of my house. Here's my philosophy. Yes, I could go to a thousand garage sales and probably eventually find that. And we'll have spent more than 40 bucks on gas and time. That's and true. And it's like, it's become worth it to me because okay. I've gone to so many lousy garage sales. I love going to garage sales when so they're good. So why isn't that in a protector, in a sleeve then? It's only 40 bucks and it's already a little ragged. It's just going to, it's all but downhill from here. But I've been looking through it with my daughter. It's been a wonderful <laughs> experience. Although she could do it for about 15 minutes before she's like, I've had enough. Right. Super funny to look through. <laughs> anyway, so I definitely, if you're nostalgic for any, any period you know, pre-2000 when the internet comes and all this stuff goes away. Get yourself a Sears wish book or I don't know. You could just get a regular Sears catalog, but the wish book is better because it's got all the toys in it. These are all the things that they think people would ask for. And I for did ask for. And what was <laughs> the reason I wanted this one in it is it has the yellow submarine, no Beatles reference, remote control submarine huh. that I wanted every year for like, ever and never got and now i look at it and the the uh, inflation is 230 mm. percent. so you take everything in there and you you double it and add a third okay that freaking remote control summary was like 90 bucks wow now i'm like now i know why i didn't get that thing so i finally looked up youtube videos of it and it would go down about four inches it didn't even go all the way underwater that's it it was it would go it still looks cool i still want one <laughs> But the other thing that's exciting is another thing came in the mail today. I think I know what it is. Yeah, do you? Mm-hmm. I think you, you told me about buying it last week. Did I? Uh-huh. Oh, so I but ruined it. But it looks too small. No. Oh, no, no. It's not what you think. Okay. No, it's not the Kitar. <laughs> the Kitar just got shipped today, which just took... I was dying. I almost bought a second Kitar because I couldn't wait for the first one to get shipped. And I was like, <laughs> calm goodness. down, man. Get the first one before you buy a second Kitar. No kidding. I'm getting a, I get weird about this stuff. But, no, the Kitar just shipped today. But I decided I'm convinced that when historians write about my life, which will inevitably happen someday... It will be divided into a pre-guitar, guitar phase, and a post-guitar phase. When when your meteoric rise to fame actually happens? No, it's already happened. Oh, sorry. What do you mean, happens? <laughs> it's here. I was in the New York Times. The New York Times. <laughs> they capitalized true. the T. It's not the New York Times. It's the New York Times. <laughs> I've made it, baby. So inevitably, there's going to be a book written about me. And it will be divided like the Old Testament into the pre-Kitar phase of life. And then and people will be like, well, you know, Rob, are you talking about Rob pre-Kitar or Rob post-Kitar? The old Rob Prince or the new <laughs> Rob Prince? It's going to be a major shift in my life. Uh, this is not the Kitar oh. because it is a box. It's basically the size of a copy paper box. It looks like it was a copy paper box. It was box. at one time a copy paper box. And what I love about it is on the side it says mantle greens. <laughs> so <laughs> it was somebody I'm here too. This person wrote mantle greens on two sides of this thing. They were organizing their Christmas stuff. And I just love that I bought it from I believe it was a woman in the in the thing who who repurposed a box labeled mantle greens. I don't know where the mantle green does she not have mantle greens anymore? 
was this just when they were moving they had a box for mantle greens this is a good question a whole box just for mantle greens that's Mm. the kind of person i want to buy my 80s nostalgia from so you have any predictions for what this is it's a copy paper box and it weighs like nothing it looks like it's really pounds yeah oh wow i don't have any idea what this might be i i Part of my plan is to buy this stuff and then open do op- box opening videos on YouTube. So I'm sort of destroying the surprise, but I don't I think gonna say, anyone's going to the watch them camera? anyway. I got to be really careful here because this is NIB. You know what that means? No. New in the box. Oh. Not not this box, but the the product itself. That's exciting. The thing here is that you you know that um, I'm pretty. I don't worry a lot about coming across as like a super masculine guy, right? Never. I'm pretty comfortable in my masculinity. You are. I'm tremendously embarrassed about this thing. Really? I I have no idea what this is then. I am extremely embarrassed to have bought this. <laughs> and I don't embarrass easily. Well, keep and I'm also kind box. of super, so if I'm embarrassed, why am I showing it to you? Cuz because the value of sh- I'm so excited about this and I don't, I'm I'm hoping there are other people out there who are nostalgic for the 80s who might sympathize a little bit here and I'm I'm probably 80% with it open but I want to be really careful not to damage it cuz it is NIB as I said oh my gosh I have not <laughs> seen this one of these in 30 years <laughs> I still can't see the box. What I know. is this? Okay, so there's a little bit. Wow, she did a nice job of packaging. I cannot believe. Oh my gosh, this is like a flood of memories coming back to me right now. Oh, I am so excited. <laughs> Can you tell what it is yet? No. Tell me, tell me when you know what it is. Oh my gosh, I can't. It's it's a pound puppy. It's a pound puppy. Well, I have not seen one of these things since I was a kid. I know. What? Because it's in the box now. Walmart relaunched these, or some company that they're this working is with relaunched just it. Insane. So you can. Oh my gosh, this is so trippy. <laughs> I do not regret this at all. Uh, <laughs> How it's does even it got still the original in the box? price on it. Oh my gosh. It is super cute. But totally stupid for a middle aged man to buy, wouldn't you say? If, if you found out that like a middle aged man bought a pound puppy what not, would you think I'm if you not, knew nothing about me except that i bought a pound puppy how would you describe how i i would look to you and careful with that don't don't play with it too much support the box more you're holding it from the edge oh boy you Just are both too hands much. two hands there okay. we go or rest it in your lap <laughs> i forgot that they were a tonka brand <laughs> me too it's so every time i see them I'm like all oh, right tonka the freaking metal truck company came out with a stuffed animal dog. I'm going to say, I try not to be judgmental. Uh-huh. However, you are the first middle-aged man I know to have a pound puppy. Or even to bring them up in conversation. Yeah. I can't believe they were only eighteen ninety nine. I want to be pr- But you got to add, that's 230%. So in today's dollars, that was like 45 bucks. Still. So... <laughs> Why I remember pound puppies. They were kind of a, a flash for me, as were most things when you were a kid, you know. Toys. When you edit this, you have to you have to play the jingle from the commercial. I don't even remember what I do. How does I it go? I'm not gonna sing it. Pound puppy, you're my one and only. 
I've already admitted publicly that as a middle-aged testosterone-fueled male, I just spent like 40 bucks on a pound puppy. Do you want me to play it off the internet? I will do that. All right. You look it up while I talk about why. Oh, my gosh. It is so cool to see this. This is from 1985. I was eight years old. These came out. I think I got one at Service Merchandise. Did you ever go to Service Merchandise? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another store. There was one in the mall we used to go to. Flashback. Exactly. And I was so... Wait, let me finish my story and then you can play the pound puppy. That's why I didn't say words. You totally ruined it. But you looked at it like... Okay. Um, (laughs) And I was so obsessed with these. I had had like maybe one and maybe I got a couple. You know, they had the like puppy puppies. Yep. Um, I had one of the small puppies. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I can't believe I'm looking at this thing and holding it in my hands. Um, <laughs> I was so obsessed. I had a dream that I had like 12. Aww. And when I woke up, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I never got over that. I was like, I had 12 pound puppies. How am I ever? I'll never have 12 pound puppies. And then I got over it. <laughs> Of course you did. But I had this really distinct memory of desperately wanting more and more pound puppies. But at, you know, 19 bucks when you're 10 years old, like... Yeah, you might as well. And that when I also had a love for Legos, which were a freaking high dollar item, too. They still are. I guess they're expensive. Oh, this is just a rush. Okay, play the pound puppy song. Before I play it, I just want you to know there is a pound puppy SNL parody. Uh Uh-oh. Maybe we'll link to that. Sure. But there is a Pound Puppies video. All right. Get a good close. Do you really not remember this? I actually watched that commercial like a couple days ago, but okay. I don't remember it. There's just a bunch of puppies. I mean, I've seen the commercial, but but I don't have a strong recollection of the commercial too much. But I do remember, yeah, I mean, they really are kind of evil. They're, they're telling, evil? They're telling kids that there's these sad pound puppies that need to be adopted. What? Who tells a kid that there's these poor little stuffed animals that need to be rescued? The marketing machine. Freaking worked. Of capitalism. Here's what it says on the top. Hi, I'm a pound puppy, and I'm looking for a warm, loving home. Straight up evil. Take me home today. I've been waiting for someone like you to choose me as their very own pet. I'm all ready to go in my own carrier kennel, which is what the box is. You can give me a name and play with me. I'm easy to take care of. Just give me a little love and lots of hugging every single day. Won't you take me home with you? I'll love you very much. I'm just realizing how utterly evil that was it's wonderful that is okay so straight up evil playing in the emotions of children i think they did a good job who you know want to take a real dog home but can't because mom and dad are like "Uh uh-uh but about everybody all kids that live in apartments where they can't have pets i think the demographic for this this is is broad i don't know now i'm it's interesting the roller coaster of emotions i'm going through here what is, you haven't oh, smelled it there's yet. There's like paper and paper in the back. It smells like the eighties. I like how they have a little pound puppy tattoo on their butts. They do. What does <laughs> what do the eighties smell like? 
They smell kind of musty. They smell like basement. Okay. Yeah, you want to smell? No. <laughs> Thank you. I don't regret it. I don't regret it. It's uh uh okay, Tonka. Yeah. But hey, it's the same thing with Cabbage Patch Kids. Cabbage Patch Kids, I definitely remember. And they were all about adopting, you know, they were orphans that needed to be adopted and that's just how they pawn toys on kids they were one of those toys that people fought over in the stores Mm. when there was a shortage i know yeah my sister got one for christmas during the the peak insanity and i remember it was like my aunt got an open boxed one or something and that's how it was the first time that i'd ever (laughs) seen someone get a present that wasn't brand new and it's because the cabbage patch dolls were major hot ticket item back in whatever that was 86 or something maybe my mom had a business making handmade cabbage patch kids at the time wow yeah she they were soft sculpture faces but the bodies were very similar Mm -hmm. yeah and i just remember being a kid and helping her make them (laughs) right well yeah because there was a market for clothes for them too because certainly you could buy clothes but if you went to a craft show or something it would be awesome to see other clothes yeah that was the 80s i'm trying to be you know somewhat specific i'm not buying everything that was big in the 80s i'm only buying things that were have a real resonance with me okay um so i've got more stuff coming i went a little bit nuts (laughs) fortunately it's a lot of it isn't too expensive yet i fear that this stuff will get expensive when our generation gets into our 50s and 60s and starts to have spare cash. Isn't there a Pound Puppies cartoon reboot? Oh, I don't know about that. I Maybe. need to double check. I remember there was a cartoon, but I can't place the year anymore because mm-hmm. I'm old. Did you ever answer hmm? what you would think about a middle-aged man if all you knew about him was that he had just bought a <laughs> Pound Puppy on eBay? I strategically tried to avoid that question. Yeah. Give me 10 <laughs> seconds of honesty. <laughs> I would really just ask why. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like why? But it did. Like I was very unprepared for the level of genuine joy that this brought you for five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) What? Who can put a price on that? Me. (laughs) Forty bucks. I will pay forty dollars to be genuinely thrilled with nostalgia. You were already a golden retriever on the beach. I am. And this just ratched it up. Yeah. This is like Golden Retriever on the reach on the beach, and we just opened up a can of Alpo. I can't take it. <laughs> just don't pee on the floor. <laughs> what? It's the beach. Who cares? Oh, here. I get it. Right. Analogy ends. All right. Well, so anyway, look forward to more of that. I think in the future, I'm going to have to do the unboxings on YouTube. Yeah. This, this is going to be a you... tax deduction. <laughs> I'm sad that this wasn't captured because... The look on your face really was of genuine happiness. I can fake that. I'll put it back in the box. I'll fake it. <laughs> Trust me. I've gotten very good at faking surprise and enthusiasm in my life. I think you should keep that to yourself. <laughs> I should? Should I keep that to myself? Oh, my gosh. That's a great idea, Kristen. Oh, yes. Oh, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> See? My life is just a cornucopia of lies and deceit (laughs) speaking of which today we're talking about google glass (laughs) 
Another cornucopia of lies. It's the future. No, it's not. It's awesome. No, it's not. (laughs) It was the future. It was the future for a brief period in what? 2013. 13? Yeah. So for those of you who haven't figured it out, I basically coast in these podcasts on my personal experience with things. Whereas Kristen actually takes the time to do research and look stuff up and figure out what the facts are. (laughs) Thank goodness. That's why we're such a great team. I have the experience. She has the effort and (laughs) (laughs) things fall out of my head pretty quickly. I'm just trying to cover my butt. So since you actually know the facts and I'm the one who tried using Google glass, why don't we start off with the facts? Did you, well, first off, What's the longest you used Google Glass? Just to... Oh, it wasn't even for a whole day. Right. I just used it for probably, you know, maybe an hour or two. Okay. Barely. So. Yeah, because we've already established if you don't own it, yeah. you don't give a crap about it. Yeah, because you kind of have to it. tie it into a, a personal like, online identity. Right. And then if it becomes a shared resource, like we, we had one for work. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim, Jen Moss, I think was the one that procured it. It's just Moss now. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And I actually owned it. Thanks to you guys. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know We'll that get part. into that in a minute about how I briefly owned Google Glass and I, I wore it for like a month. So that's, 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 so I, again, this fits perfectly because I have the da- daily ex- use experience and you have the, I actually did the research stuff. So what, what can you tell us about? Google Glass and and what you've looked up about it. The first one, let's see. The first one was first made available uh, under a limited beta release for developers and nerds. And you had to apply. You I remember had to that. Apply. And it and was pay. It was fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, fifteen hundred dollars in two thousand thirteen. And it was the first time I had ever seen a product that they were like, "We'll see if you're worth worthy." You know. Most they really of the time, tried it's just to... like, please buy it. Yeah, they really tried to get the hype level up mm-hmm. before they were released. And there was a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People were excited about it. They were curious about it. They didn't really know what it was going to look like. It seemed like it was going to be glasses, but it wasn't. It wasn't glasses. Really. Yeah. And I mean, you could. You could kind of integrate them with glasses, but out mm-hmm. of the box, they weren't. No. Uh, let's see. What else do I remember about Google Glass? They were a little, I mean, they were kind of tricky. You had to set them up. It had to be on an, an ex, well, it had to be on a Google account. Mm. So you needed to have Google. You needed to have a mobile account mm-hmm. too. So you paid for it and then you paid for service. You, for, you a paid, data, for a data service. You paid service. for the product and the product was basically no good if it wasn't connected to the internet. Correct. That was all you really had to you had to have some kind of, and this was at a time when, like, right now, I don't know how many people have unlimited cell data. There um, was unlimited cell data back then, but right. it was just slower. Yeah, and I didn't have it. And anyway, um, that was having a solid data plan or data plan, however you prefer, um, was really key to making this thing worthwhile. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And compared to what we're accustomed to seeing now with VR or AR uh, glasses, these Mm. were very small. They did sit on your face. So it was one of those pieces of technology where you really had to be somebody that loves wearing technology on your face. Yeah. (laughs) On your face. Yeah. It was very conspicuous, but really Mm -hmm. it was just like a little um, glass prism. Mm -hmm. That was the display. And that's kind of like an elongated sugar cube size. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is what I would say. Yep. And it just, you know, it was situated in the corner of your field of vision. So it wasn't supposed to obstruct what you were looking at. Mm-hmm. But it was still supposed to give you a little bit of information, just a little bit of information about your surroundings. Right. And what I think is unfortunate is that at the time, Google Assistant wasn't as built out as it is now. Mm-hmm. I, I wish it would have been way more useful if Google Glass came out at a time when Assistant was as developed. That's true. I never thought about that, but you know, we just did the Echo Frames. Mm-hmm. If 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 it had the same level of control that Echo Frames has, that would that would be a really pretty amazing thing. It that hadn't be. crossed my mind. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the it, idea is interesting. I personally, well, let's see. I wasn't interested in wearing them because they were an extra conspicuous thing on your face. Yeah. Yeah, so if you already had glasses, it was this weird second, it was like just the top of a glasses frame that would go above your glasses. And then, as you said, the this little sort of cube of glass, you would like rotate it so that it was just above and to the right of your eye line. So you should have to look up and right to to see what was happening but when you look straight it it was unobstructed and you could see through it because it was this cube of glass with like a some kind of reflective thing at like a 45 degree angle in it Mm -hmm. so that like a teleprompter or other things like that it would reflect what was projected on it but sort of uh you know a, a light version of what augmented reality or what else uh, what? Mixed reality. Mixed reality. Thank yeah. you. I have a question for you. Yeah. When these first came out to consumers, let's say 2013, mm-hmm. what caught your attention that made you want to have one? Um, well, hype. And it's from Google. And it, I, I was excited about the idea of being kind of a cyborg. I like that hmm. bio uh, well, not bio, but uh, bionic element to it. Yeah. And so that's what originally drew me to it. It's something cool and new, and this is the future, and Google's made it, and so it's sure to be successful, and this is the very first one, and everybody's going to want to see it. And so, you know, I like I like attention, if you haven't figured that out, and I, <laughs> I like positive attention. <laughs> and but I you like, will take negative attention and i like sharing <laughs> stuff with people i like you know this is why i have the delorean uh i like going places and people being excited to see me and being able to make them happy with something okay so that was part of the fun of google glass is it was obvious that you had something going on you could just walk around i i, I wore it for a month like i said and i remember being in lowe's one day in a semi you know pretty stereotypical looking alaskan guy in his 50s was like is that google glass and i like took five minutes to show it to him he was really curious and excited (laughs) and a lot of people were like curious and interested 
And so I, I have a ton of pictures from that time of people who are taking a picture of me with the camera and Google Glass. And so there's all these pictures of me with like my hand out and like a weird expression on my face as I'm trying to talk them through <laughs> how to take a picture. That's funny. Wait, wait. Question time for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do it. The only chance is when I'm taking a breath. It is. <laughs> if I could just learn to talk without taking a breath, then Kristen wouldn't interrupt me. I want to know when you were wearing this, Did you said you wore it for a month, but was your intention to wear it all day for a month? Yeah. Okay. And my follow-up question is, did the battery life let you do that? Not with intense usage. That okay. was one of the many problems with, with Google Glass. All right. So you want to go through the cool things, the problems? Of course how I want to hear first, the cool first, let's, things. Okay, let's start off with the good stuff right. and how it works. So, okay, so it's this thing. If you have glasses, it goes over your glasses. So that's a little bit dorky, but... Um, but it's okay. And you could also get it with frames and have your own prescription put in, in which case it was integrated with your glasses. And so that was a little bit less dorky, a little bit more streamlined. I didn't get around to that, that point. Um, and then on the side, it, it for the first time, I, I'd never seen a t like touch sensitive thing like this, where this, the right side, everything was on the right side. There was basically nothing but just wire on the left side. So you had about maybe a half inch um, tall, maybe a half inch wide to sort of thing along the side. That's where the battery was. And um, it had it was touch sensitive. So you could swipe forward, swipe back or tap it to make selections mm -hmm. and uh, power button and your favorite thing, bone conducting microphone. Didn't have a bone conducting yes. or speaker M microphone where it would hear you better through this little button. People look at it like, what's hmm. this button do? And they're like, it's not a button. It's using, it's connecting to, you know, your skull huh. to better pick up what you're saying. That's to get a more accurate interesting. Sense. I hadn't realized it was doing that. Yeah. So that, that was like the mystery button that it had. That was kind of cool. And, uh, yeah, then it just had like, you know, charging port and, um, and, I don't think there, oh, there was, there was one button that I think you could push to take a picture um, and then like hold to take a video, I think, but I might be getting that confused with <laughs> echo frames. I don't know. <laughs> I think it had a button. Um, and yes. And then. Um, you could just tell it to take a picture too. Like yes. The that voice was the other thing. Let right. you do that. Or there was an app you could, I don't think it was even an app. It was part of it. You could turn on wink. Hmm. This is a little preview of what was weird and creepy about it. You could wink and it would take a picture. Oh, that's not going to be miscommunication exactly, for anybody. Exactly, because it had a camera pointed at your eye. So it had it also had a camera pointed straight out, which was pretty cool because it's a very POV type of shot. In fact, I've used Google Glass, you know, even years later, just to get a really nice POV shot that would be harder to do with a GoPro oh, wow. or a different type of camera. Um, so, so it had the two cameras on it and is there anything else weird about it? That was kind of the, the main thing. And, and the, like I said, the little glass would rotate cause you'd have to get the screen aligned just right. So you could see all four edges of the screen and stuff. So it was yeah. a little bit of like getting it in the right spot. So that's how it works. So the awesome things about it, um, it could tell when you're moving your head around right. by 
I think a accelerometer in it and maybe the camera too, but it had an it accelerometer ex and a gyroscope mm -hmm. and something else. I think, um, I'll think of it in a minute. Okay. There were three different things in there. Okay. Which I was surprised. So there were some really fun games in it. My favorite was the skeet shooter game. So you'd have a target and you would say pull and it'd be voice activated. So when you said pull, it would throw the skeet. This is the game I always showed people because it was the most fun. And then you'd have to look around and find it and it would be outside the screen. So you'd have to like, you know, look around the room a little bit. I mean, it's going forward. And then you'd say bang to shoot. Huh. And that was really fun. And uh, there were some other games I don't really remember a whole lot about right now, but other games that demonstrated the camera or the, you know, the motion and the voice response and that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the camera was kind of cool to be able to take pictures super easily. The wink thing was kind of a, a test sort of beta thing too. So it wasn't super accurate, but in theory it would work. How did it tell the difference between you winking and you blinking? You'd have to hold it longer. Oh, weird. Yeah. So That's it was like creepy. an extra creepy wink. <laughs> and yeah, and it was a little bit finicky about actually working. But if you're a nerd creeper who wants to take covert pictures. Without <laughs> That's how knowing, I describe you to people I talk to. Yeah. We're, nerd creeper who collects pound puppies. Yeah. I don't collect pound puppies. You I do have, now. I have a pound puppy. That's that not only a collection. Takes one. I collect 80 stuff. You've collected I a am pound not puppy. a pound puppy collector. <laughs> do not put me in that group. <laughs> nice alliteration. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, I would show people that. I would show people how to take a picture. And you could, you know, like surf the internet and get notifications on there and directions you know could you watch a youtube cool too. video in theory I, yeah so those are the good things <laughs> i think i pretty much hit all the good things i think i'd be <laughs> i would probably just use something like that while i was getting ready in the morning and in the evening so i could watch youtube videos while i brush my teeth yeah it's kind of, it's kind of cool and futuristic i mean in all the and all the, you know, futuristic dystopia movies, there's always like people are looking at the mirror and there's sort of a semi-transparent video playing about the news or, you know, that sort of stuff. And it was like that. Um, the downsides. Where <laughs> shall I begin? Dun, dun, dun. We'll start off with the, with the more benign downsides. First of all, the right side of your face would get tired after wearing it all day because you have all this extra weight pushing down on your nose it was that much extra it was enough extra weight that your face would get sore your face would get sore were your ears tired from flapping too like because it rests on your ears that's why i from asked. flapping i don't know it sounds almost absurd that it, your face got tired it was heavy enough that it or at least your bridge of your nose would get tired of oh, the okay. weight of your glasses plus this other thing pushing <sighs> down on it i couldn't handle that yeah that never dawned on me. So that was an argument for the get the integrated glasses because without it, it looks dopey. It would look, if you didn't have glasses, it would look kind of dumb because it would look like you had just the top half of glasses with the nose piece and stuff. And that was the thing. It had nose piece too. So you got like double nose pieces going on. It surprises me how, how not normalized some face jewelry is. Like it's kind of a thing. Yeah. But 
it just never really takes off. People aren't interested in wearing extra things on their face. Yeah, no one has come up with glasses as jewelry that aren't somehow functional as either sunglasses or actual glasses. But nobody's just wearing like half of glasses as some kind of jewelry thing. Well, they're, they exist. And mm-hmm. lensless, too. They're not glasses. They're something like things that, um, let's see, assemblies that rest on the bridge of your nose mm-hmm. and also use your ears to kind of connect things. Like, they mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those glasses in the Matrix? Yeah. That, um, oh, what My, is Morpheus. Thank you. His Morpheus glasses, like, clipped onto his bridge. Yeah, but they were still sunglasses. Right. Yeah, my friend wanted some of those so bad. I think he called up Ray Brand, Ray Ban, and they're like, "No, we're not actually making them." I have a feeling it would get old. I, I've, but they're pretty cool looking. Things that rest on your face—it just seems like having something that is pressing onto the bridge of your nose while you're mm-hmm. wearing them, which just would be exhausting too. Yeah, maybe. And these were, and maybe if I'd bent the the nose pads better so that they were taking up some of the weight, but. First of all, it was uncomfortable to wear them all day. Second of all, if you didn't have a good data plan, they're pretty useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. You can play a game where you like shoot skeet for a while. But after a while, like, if you want to get notifications, if you want directions, if you want to, I don't know, scan through the news or something, all of that required data. And I didn't have a very good data plan. You could connect to Wi-Fi, though. Yes. But like at UAF, you need to log in to connect to Wi-Fi. There was a weird certificate. You need a certificate. Yeah. So yes, you could do it in a situation where all you needed was a password. But if you know, yeah. So at UAF, where in theory I could use it unlimited, I couldn't because I the system was not capable of going through the certificate process at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I called up the IT folks and they were like, "Well, if you give us like the IP address for your Google Glass, we can do it." And I was like, "Eh." I don't think this is going to last very long. They have a device net now that oh, you can okay. set stuff up on. Oh, well. Now, I think you're one of the people that have, that created that need. I was. Yeah. I was a pioneer for... <laughs> That's what they call you. Yeah, at, at IT, OIT. Mm-hmm. Rob the pioneer. <laughs> I don't, those people don't know me very well. Um, <laughs> I hope. <clears throat> uh, so that was a problem. The battery life was a problem. Yeah. So if you recorded video for like 12 15 minutes if you played a game if you use the screen for like 15 minutes intensely the thing would heat up oh that, it had that's a scary. heat up issue which is scary when it's on your freaking face yeah and i like that's a, that's some computer that's like there's a lot of energy there next yeah. to your brain too yeah, and you and it's new, so you want to be the first one who discovers that it's like gonna burst into flames on you. I mean, Google's got deep pockets. I wouldn't mind that lawsuit. But well, not only that. I mean, people tell you not to talk on your cell phone all the yeah. time and have it close to your head. That's a I, cell phone close to your head. I'm gonna get cancer in my right eye someday. Don't say that. And imagine having to walk around with like a weird burn on the right side of your face, and everybody be like, "He got it from." It's so embarrassing. You can play a villain. <laughs> a nerd. The villain. weird facial sky. Google Glass blew up on his face. For the record, I never heard of any of that. But it would get hot and the battery would die. So when you're demonstrating it to people, after a while, you'd be like, we got to give it a break or I got to plug it in because it gets like noticeably hot to the touch. Huh. 
So that's another problem with it. And Google claimed, you know, they were trying to say, like, this is intentional because we don't want people to become obsessed with watching movies on it. But it was a total, like, making lemonade sort of situation where this thing just could not, you know, do very intense processing before it would overheat and kill the battery. What else? Breathlessly, he described all the problems with Google Glass. (laughs) I took a breath at your chance to say something. Well, I'm curious. When was the last time you wore your glass? It's been a couple years. I would have... Oh, I used it on sabbatical because I filmed a POV video Hmm. driving the DeLorean so people could see what it was like to drive the DeLorean. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, which now I would just do with my 3D camera. But yeah, yeah. Not many people seem to care. Didn't do you a, ever seem get a lot of views? Do you ever feel like booting it up and wearing it again? I would only do it for the camera, okay. maybe to show people some of the toys. But I'm not sure. But so I have two at work now that just sit there, and I think the little metal piece that reflected, I think that goes bad after a while because really? looking at them, it's like doesn't look great. But I haven't tried them hmm. recently. It's like why? It's a lot of hassle. Um, so uh, any other questions before I rail out on what else is wrong? No, go ahead. Um, <sighs> it was orange. So, which it came in multiple colors, but you I think, orange? I think you guys gave me orange. So th- <laughs> I was part of one of the UAF eCampus instructor programs called, uh, site fellows, chancellors, Institute on Teaching Good or whatever. I can't remember teaching what it was. Excellence. Initiative on Teaching Excellence. So I was like a little teacher's pet. Teacher's teacher's pet. You, you've, yes. And you I, fill that role. And I lucked out. I, I applied and you all awarded me an orange pair of Google Glass and I was so excited. I plugged it in and sat on the floor and used it right away. <laughs> um, so it was fun to show people. But um, one of the biggest problems, okay, the last last two huge problems with Google Glass, the real deal breakers. One, wearing it and trying to talk to someone was like trying to talk to someone with your iPhone up right over your your eye. You, you just know? really felt like there was something in in your field of view. It was a what what it it was a barrier to social interaction because gotcha. it felt like however important you are. There's, out of the corner of my eye, I'm also watching my phone constantly. Did you not really get used to that as a user? That was, I didn't care, but people who I was speaking to, it was always a feeling of like, there's there's a little bit of a wall between us. Okay. As you can imagine, I mean, it's basically making the statement that no one else in the world is more important to me than Google Glass and the internet and this information, which I think is a barrier that is going to be very difficult for humanity to overcome. I know. And it's not reality. The most important person in the world to you is you. Okay. Well, that's a little bit cynical. <laughs> I would I was disagree. I wondering how you would respond to that. <laughs> I am not the most important person in my world. I know. I know. <laughs> um, my daughter is more important to me. So yes, but, uh, it so this is a barrier and and as i said like you know we talked about if there's something more integ- integrated like if my glasses could do that that would be better 
but it, it does it still runs into this problem of people don't like talking to other people when it looks like their mind is wandering somewhere else you you want I mean, if anybody doesn't want to be my friend anymore, and I'm sure there's a long list of people who've been trying to find an out for a long time, just stare at your phone while we're talking. I've had people do that, and I'm like, we're out. I'm done. I mean, I could still think of, remember this one dude who just could not get off his phone while we're talking, and it was ridiculous, and I was embarrassed for him, and I wanted nothing to do with that guy because he's I'm having a hard time like looking at my phone because my notes are on my I'm, phone right now there's an excuse for it right now <laughs> but yeah and i you know i i will be at fault for it i hate because you know i got a smart watch and i feel really bad when i look at my watch like i did earlier um but only because i I thought I got a text from someone that we were talking about. Yeah. And I thought that we just needed to start the podcast. And you took it as a sign of like, let's get going. See, yeah. So it's a miscommunication and it's rude. And, but I'm, you know, I'm guilty of it once in a while. But anyway, so that's, that was one of the main hurdles. And I feel like if a new technology is going to be involved in the face somehow, there has to be a way to mute it or turn it off. Because even if it's integrated in glasses, it's likely you'll see the, the back end of it, which was the case with Google Glass, people could see when it was doing something because they would see basically the other side of that reflection. Right. So that's a major deal breaker. But probably the biggest boneheaded thing about Google Glass that I cannot believe Google didn't think about um, is that it had a camera, as if it's not bad enough that you've got this technology between you two, it had a camera pointing forward and there was no way to like cover it up or put a lens cap over it. That's unfortunate. So not only are you trying to have a conversation with someone who's clearly dividing their interests between you and their attention between you and this technology, but they're also potentially filming you. You've got a camera pointed at you all the time. Right. And that's doubly awkward and weird. And there were, you know, it, it was obvious when you to i mean to anyone who knew what was going on when you're taking a picture or recording because they would see that little thing but there was an app you could get that would mute that so you could surreptitiously record without people knowing well that's good for you for you but bad for other people right but okay so that's awkward but think about this you're a tech nerd who wears glasses mm -hmm. you are super excited to get Google Glass, so you shell out for the integrated frames, and now you can't see if you don't have Google Glass on your face. What happens when you go to a public restroom? Oh. You're walking in with a camera. Right. And yeah, you know it's off, but do other people know it's off? What about when you go in the locker room? Because you're going to the gym, or you're going to go swimming, or something of that nature, and there's little kids around. You've got a camera, and nobody knows if it's on or off. Or TSA. TSA doesn't like to be filmed. Um, I found out on my last trip that the people at the check-in counter don't like to be filmed. Right. <laughs> Not even TSA, you know? Um, and so why they didn't think about this? Because this was one of the main issues I had just with the one over my glasses. When I'd walk into a public restroom, what, I, what did I do? So what I ended up doing was lifting them up onto my head like you know the cool dude in the 80s or 90s at the beach with the sunglasses cool dude with your google glass app? yeah that's an oxymoron if there ever was one <laughs> so at least it was pointed up 
But all they had to do, if they had a little slide cover that you could have slid over this thing. That would have been cool. That, way that, better. That would have been way better. Because there were people who got like their butts kicked at bars wearing it. Because who knows what you're filming and you look like an idiot anyway. There are a lot of parody videos about that. Yeah. We'll have to link to some. I'm sorry I'm boring you so much. You're not. You were up late last night. I really was. I know why. <laughs> It's just been a lot of not sleeping at <laughs> Anyway. Um, so that was the thing like this. So imagine you got it integrated. You can't cover it up. You can't take it off because you can't see anything. It's unfortunate. What are you going to do? Right. You're going you're gonna to just go in and, and I'm sorry, but if, if I'm walking around in the locker room <laughs> and you got camera glasses on, I'm I'm kicking your ass for sure. <laughs> and I ass kicking is not my middle name. It's not, I'm not even hyphenated. It's not even like Rob Prince hyphen ass kicking. It's like, it's not in my repertoire, but I will whip, I will whip out the can of ass kicking when you walk in like a freaking freak with your <laughs> camera embedded on, forget it. Okay. That's what was wrong. That's why Google Glass failed. Yeah. Yeah. But you say they're going to try again. They are trying again. And I know nothing about this because as I openly admit, I do zero. <laughs> I did zero. I do research for some of them. But this one, I was like, I thought, you know, I wore it for a month. So the end of Google Glass for me was after one day, after like a month of, of wearing it, which is pretty good for me. A lot longer than I made it with the Echo Frames. I looked at them one morning and I was like, why would I put them on? And I didn't have a good reason. And a large part of it was probably the data issue that, that I, there just wasn't a lot that they could do with my limited data plan. So now that I have unlimited data, I don't know, maybe I'd try a little bit longer. But right. uh, that, that was the end of that. I couldn't, couldn't think of a reason why. So I sold them on eBay for a thousand bucks. Well, that's great. And the guy got them was like, these stink. The battery doesn't last very long on them. I was like, that's just the way they are. Yep. He's like, okay. And he kept them. And I'm so glad. So <laughs> I did not want them back. They would have been way cooler as a monocle. Oh, <laughs> Google monocle. <laughs> that's very steampunk. I like that. <laughs> anyway, what what were you able to find out about well, the new Google Glass. Google does have an Enterprise 2 edition of Google Glass. Uh-huh. And in their targeting industry, similar to the way Microsoft is targeting the HoloLens for industry. Mm -hmm. So you can get Google Glass 2 with safety goggles, essentially. Huh. So Sounds even cooler. <laughs> so now I can have like big old plastic glasses with Google Glass in it? Well, they'll protect your eyes. Yeah. Which is good. As somebody that wears iPro frequently, I go to the bar. I have a great appreciation for iPro. Oh, I, did you see it also comes with a uh, a uh, pocket protector battery extension? Oh, gosh, no. I'm making that up. <laughs> did you think I was serious? I kind of did. <laughs> but then I was shocked you actually did oh, some yeah. research. No, and in fact, there's a little... I found there's a, another adapter. It's a little bit of white tape if you put along oh, the bridge. Yeah, that will give you um, GPS signals. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I had you with the pocket protector. I should have ridden that one out a little bit longer. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't really have too terribly much to say about what they're doing at the moment. It is still mm-hmm. beta. Um, they do have a website dedicated to it, so you can get some more information. They have a few case studies available oh. for what they're intending to do with it and some companies that are working with them. So it is a project that is still under development. Huh. I, I'm, I'm struggling with the idea that I couldn't care less about Google Glass. <laughs> but what was interesting was to see that swipe technology mm-hmm. transition into Echo Frames. Right. I like I liked that, that. That instead of like buttons and having to have some bizarre little remote control, it's, you know, it's seamless, literally. You just swipe forward, swipe backward and tap. And yeah. And but you it, kind of have that with the earbuds too, where you, you know, double tap your, your whatever they are, the Apple earbuds. Music related interests to answer a phone and hang up and skip forward. I still think that what Google Glass is bringing to the table is better than Echo Frames. I'm just going to say. I would agree. But that doesn't mean I like Google Glass. It means I really don't care for Echo Frames. Right. But really, having something that gives you the ability to have a heads-up display, Mm -hmm. however uncool you think it is, is interesting. So you have a tiny postage stamp size display that you can get, you can send information to people on, but you also now do have access to Google assistant, which Mm -hmm. really is amazing. The capabilities of Google assistant now compared to what was happening with Google glass early are huge. Yeah. The difference is big. I don't see it working if, unless they have a way to mute the picture, mute it both if they're going to have a camera, the camera has to be mutable and it, ha- it has to be mutable like your phone. There has to be a way to basically say, I'm setting this aside and focusing just on the person I'm talking to right now. I think that might be one of the reasons they're focusing on industry mm-hmm. because you're at work, mm-hmm. you're doing the thing that you need to do. Yeah. If you step away from the line or wherever you're working, you just take them off. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea. Um, and because, I mean, I don't know, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm, I'm working on the car and I want to watch a YouTube video showing me how to do a repair. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what we talked about with maybe doing an augmented or mixed reality uh, for the... DeLorean. Yes, with the HoloLens. Oh. Um, yes. I and, have to tell you, if I had a choice between wearing Google Glass or wearing the HoloLens, I would wear Google Glass. Yeah. There's so much lighter and smaller. Right. And right. You could actually get under your car with them on your head. If if Google Glass could do the same things that HoloLens could do, that would be really epic and cool. But there has to be a way to shut it off and mute the camera. Otherwise, um, I don't know. I should have looked specifically for that when I was looking at the specs. I just didn't happen to notice it. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, so that's the deal on, I don't think you can say rise and fall of Google Glass. I would say the buzz and fall of Google Glass. It never really rose anywhere. <laughs> the hype cycle. But yeah. maybe it's, uh, you know, what they're trying to do is eventually going to work. It's just a matter of finding a way to integrate it in a way that society accepts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 
I don't I don't think they ever should have tried to sell Google Glass to the general public. It was like it was not ready for prime time. I don't know. I think it was inevitable. I think the only way to build excitement for it was to put it in people's hands. Mm-hmm. I don't really see any other way about it. And because they released it since then, I think having this mixed reality type of display has been driven by further development by mm-hmm. different companies. Yeah. So I think that's clearly why Google's still in the game too. Yeah, and the one thing that I that crossed my mind about it was patents and yeah, sort of laying the groundwork and getting to that territory first. Yeah. Because, yeah, even uh, Oculus, you know, you can double tap the side really almost, I think, anywhere. And it and you can see the room around you, you know, which kind of is reminiscent of Google Glass, the first place I saw it. But if anybody out there had a chance to play with it or has other questions about Google Glass, you can always send us a message. We have email, don't we? We do. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know this. I forgot. I have so many email addresses now. It's in stuffpodcast at gmail.com. Right. Thank you. And it's on our website. There you go. And our Instagram. Right. And our YouTube. We have a YouTube. And our Twitter channel. We have a Twitter? I know, right? Oh, wow. Are you putting things up on there? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> not so much the youtube channel the youtube channel just has the unboxing for the hololens but uh-huh. i should have i should connect it to the playlist for all the uh, videos we're sharing yeah the playlist is where i've been trying to put well, the that cool playlist stuff I is your personal i know i tried to figure that out already and i don't know where we're at that. anyway <laughs> i forget it's only been a week oh Oh, now we talk about things that blew us away. Now. And then we talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Correct. So, uh, would you like to go first? <laughs> yeah, I have a rant. It's not really a thing that blew me away. Ooh. But it's still blowing my mind. And it's very specific to Fairbanks, Alaska. Is this a, I assume a rant's a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. It is. There is no place in Fairbanks to pick up a bathing suit that's half decent when you need an emergency bathing suit. It is terrible. What? Fred Meyer? You can, you can get a bathing suit and a quart of milk if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and a quart of oil. And that bathing suit will last you a full day and a half. Oh, geez. I wouldn't even <sighs> risk it. I cannot. I know. It's There's, terrible. There aren't, you know, in general, we have a lot of the, the basics up here. But when it comes to clothing, no. we have nothing. But something that's specialized to like warm weather, mm-hmm. summer activities. Yeah. You're really just out of luck when it comes to bathing suits. You have to do all your bathing suit shopping online. I'm sorry, Fred Meyer. I'm not buying a bathing suit from you. Right. And <laughs> nobody. Or go down to Anchorage. Oh, well, who's going to do that? That's an eight hour. What it would well, be, you wouldn't do it hours just for trip. a bathing suit. But yeah. Because yeah, down there, they actually have like. Kohl's and Target and other places where regular people get their clothes, but we don't have any of that. No. We used to have a department store that closed years and years ago. Yeah. And I think they even had some at sports, not Sportsman's Warehouse, Sports Authority, but Sports Authority closed. Now we're out of business too. Mm Mm-hmm. REI doesn't really have swimsuits. They really don't. They're very specialized. Mm -hmm. They might have some sort of like I I swim for sport. Oh, you know who does? I didn't think about. But still they're kind of for competition is Beaver Sports. 
Yeah, that's pretty specifically right. like outdoorsy type stuff. I would imagine you could get like a black swimsuit that would survive a bear attack or something like that. But <laughs> if you want any I mean, sort clearly of clearly that's probably what I would end up selection. with anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That is one one area where we do not have a lot of good options up here. Yeah. So when somebody asks you in the spur of the moment to do something that involves the water here and you need a bathing suit. There's I asked you no to way. run through the sprinkler with me last week. And you, you can said do that do with it. clothes on. You can do that just with running clothes on. No. You can't go to the beach with running clothes, people, which I, is what I ended up doing, essentially. Right. That is kind of awkward. It is. Are we still going to run through the sprinkler? Are you still up for that? <laughs> I don't even see what the big deal is. Let's like run through a sprinkler and like continue on with your day. I've we'll do cartwheels and everything. Insatiable urge to run through a sprinkler this summer. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and I think that's, I've just come to terms with the fact that if I want to do any real serious clothing shopping, I'm going to do it when I'm outside somewhere, which is Alaskan for lower 48. Right. I just never think that I'm going to need a bathing suit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. All of the things, all of the places where I imagine I'd run into water, be like, hiking up in the mountains and you come across a mountain stream, but then there's nobody there. It doesn't matter what you're wearing or not wearing. You just end up in a lake and then come back out. Right. You can't just go to a populated beach. Yeah. The, the beaches here is a little bit of like swimmers itch issue once in a while, which gives you second thoughts about swimming. <laughs> it's also really cold. The, about cold. the only swimming I do is going to the hot springs, which is pretty cool, but I only, Never, you know, thanks to COVID get get out there. and almost burned down this summer too. Oh, the wow. Forest oh, fire that's true. It was like right next to the hot springs. I forgot. Well, I'm very sorry about that. Thank you. I'm telling you, land's end. <laughs> You're so racy. got a swimsuit where my mom always got. Ugh. I, in defense of them, hanging from my porch right now is a monogrammed beach towel that my parents got for me when I was like 12 from Land's End, and that thing is still rocking it. It's some quality material. Might have been L.L. Bean. Pretty sure it was Land's End. I didn't realize there were two companies until about five years ago. I always thought that was like... the same company. It <laughs> was, was the same thing to me. Uh, okay, well, the thing that semi-blew me away, and now we're just getting into the sort of interesting things I've learned, Okay, is the concept of tactical framing, hmm. which is an army vet might have a different meaning for you. Yeah. But for me, I'm talking about this is framing an issue around the politics of it rather than addressing the actual issue itself. Interesting. So, for example, when, you know, hot button things come up like the Green New Deal, no one actually talks about what's in the Green New Deal. They just talk about how Republicans or Democrats are handling it, promoting it agreeing with it disagreeing with it but nobody ever actually talks about what's in it itself that's tactical framing okay and so it's something to watch out for now because it tends to get more into you know tv news and and other people on youtube whatever pundits i guess you would call them tell me why i should care about it without actually telling me what it exactly. is exactly all they want to do is get mad about it or support it they don't want to actually get into the details of what it includes which allows for all sorts of Basically, arguing the merits of something just based on if people like it or not, not if it actually, you know. Because most people are not going to read through what it is. 
Yeah, well, and it's not going to attract clicks so much if the title is, you know, an overlook, you know, an overview of what or AOC talks about what's in the Green New Deal instead of Republicans, you know, um, refuse to debate Green New Deal or Republicans stand against Green New Bill mm-hmm. deal. That sort of picking sides and drama is a lot more compelling than getting into the meat of actually what's going on underneath. And what's sad about this is there's a number of issues going on in our world right now that people agree on the actual what's going on with it, but they're divided because no one ever actually talks about what's going on with it. They just talk about tactical framing about where people fall in it. There's all sorts of stuff showing about how many people like agree in common sense, gun control reform. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of us are on the same page about this, but it never gets portrayed in that way. It just gets portrayed of Team A and Team B battling over this thing. Yeah, they're always presented as a more partisan type of representation. Exactly. So don't fall for the trap of tactical. Recognize it when you're watching news and other people are talking about these issues and they're not talking about the details of what's going on, but just how people are reacting to it. So recognize it and then don't fall for it. Look, look into it yourself and make a decision based on how you really feel about the issues, not how a party, one particular party right. or politicians are trying to make you feel about it. Cause it's a lot easier to get people excited about stuff than, and you know, and get when people over to your side that way than it is to, you know, actually make real change. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Important, Tactical framing. Right. That's an important thing to be able to recognize. Mm-hmm. So the thing we're going to talk about next week. Uh, I'm almost as excited about this as I am about the pound puppy. <laughs> yeah. So last week we talked about talking about racism. Oh, I was afraid you're going to say that. Oh, no. What were you going to talk about? <laughs> it's like, I'm so scared to talk about racism. Me, too. It's terrifying. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, but what are you going to talk about, though? I don't know. We can just talk about racism. I Yeah. So no, I thought that you, you had another suggestion. No. We're going to talk about the key time? I was like, <laughs> no, it's your pick. I'm, page tw- I'm on page 20 of where do we go from here, chaos or community, Martin Luther King Jr. I tried to find an audiobook version of that, and I had a hard time finding it. There's not one through the public library. There's not one on Audible either. Really? Nope. Wow, that's too bad. I'm actually extremely surprised. Yeah, me too. Well, it uh, looks like I have the one copy from the library. I'll, I'll be able to track it down, and I will read it before next week. All of it? Yeah. Wow, good for you. All right, we're going to talk about racism. I mean, what I had in mind was, you know, thinking about racism in a in a new way. That's that's my goal. Because I had a very interesting conversation with my daughter about how racial inequities persist, even though in sort of through benign actions. Mm-hmm. So without even, you know, making an effort to, like, keep some people down and other people, you know, up... It just happens naturally. And so that's kind of one of the things that was interesting to me. And then also just, yeah, just sort of, I think I've had some ideas about redefining what racism really means in ways that I haven't heard people talk about before. So that's kind of what I'm interested in talking about. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'd say 
for probably 60% of the audience, this will be the last episode you listen to before you hate me. (laughs) (laughs) I get in trouble for everything and I just see myself prancing through a a bunch of landmines on this one. Well, somebody's going to be mad at me. That's okay. This is a dialogue. Will you just read the emails and and not tell me about the bad ones? I will definitely tell you about the bad ones. Ah, this is a conversation. It's I don't need more trouble have. in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just nod Listen, and go. Mm-hmm. This was your topic. We're I doing know it. it was. Yes. All right, I'm gonna get some guts, and we're gonna talk about it honestly and openly, and hopefully get uh, get, Learn more. get people thinking yeah. in a new way about racism okay so all right Kristen. thanks you can go take a nap now thank you (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna snuggle with my pound puppy without taking it out of the box oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'll do today is is there any way i can take this out (laughs) are you really gonna keep it in the box of course it looks like i can remove it from the back it looks like maybe it's not a truly open this is one of those boxes that can be opened without people being able to tell oh no I want to know what this price tag is from. It looks like a Toys R Us price tag, but they always put their name on it. They had their name on it. So I wonder if it's a service merchandise tag. $18.99. Shoosh. It's expensive for a stuffed animal. Is it serialized? Is there a serial number on that? Didn't they have collars? Yeah. Isn't there some... No, but... uh, Bottom of their collar. Don't they have information? Oh, about like... Like a dog tag. Um, there's paperwork back here that I think might talk about it, but I know, I think you could send in, you could, you could name it and then you could send, send the name to Tonka and they would send it back to you with paperwork that you paid for, of course, Mm. but you could get like, I think you could get paperwork for it. Interesting. Just another way they would milk a little bit more money out of a poor little 11 year old (laughs) who's having dreams about having a dozen pound puppies and waking up. To the sad realization he had one. <sighs> it's heartbreaking. <laughs> Sorry that happened to you. It's so traumatic. <laughs> Thanks, Kristen. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the In Stuff podcast. If you'd like to join the discussion or see links to the things we referenced in today's episode, feel free to pop on over to instuffpodcast.com. That's the letter N, stuffpodcast.com. If you're enjoying the InStuff podcast, check out my other podcast, Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska. In each episode, we share amazing true stories from Alaska told by the Alaskans who experienced them. The New York Times recently called Dark Winter Nights the best winter podcast for storytelling lovers. Check out Dark Winter Nights, True Stories from Alaska, wherever you get your podcasts, or at darkwinternights.com. The InStuff podcast is sponsored by ScratchBand. Just stop touching your face. Don't make me explain why anymore. It's gross. I don't care if you buy ScratchBand or come up with some other way to do it, but just quit. I mean, it's the easiest way I've found to quit touching my face, but, you know, whatever works for you. ScratchBand, join the evolution. More information at scratchband.life, also available on amazon.com.